So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Machabili alongside my critical fan in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And uh, this is pretty much a short one in comparison to the ones that we've done before. Yeah, this is going to be a pretty short episode of Bears Beats and Bailey, uh, mainly because we're doing this before the weekend of um, our carnival celebrations. So uh, there's not really that much to talk about. Um, honestly, I haven't. Um, there wasn't really anything to see in theaters uh, last week at the time's recording, uh, apart from what men want. But this actually is going to lead into something that I just want to get off my chest. So this is kind of like a mini rant slash discussion, if you will, about uh, a, a, a guy called Jesse Smollett, or Smollett as I used to call him, right? But um, after that, we're going to review uh, season three of True Detective, which uh, wrapped up the Sunday before the time of this recording here. And speaking of Sunday, um, the 91st Academy Awards ceremony aired. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a review, if you will, of that ceremony, and of course the 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 nominees who won and our thoughts on you know the winners and you know who got who lost and whatnot. Right, right. So start things off with uh, Mr. Jussie Smollett, right? Smollett, right? Whatever, Smollett, Smollett, whatever, right? So I I think I probably mentioned this before in a in a prior episode, whatever. Um, I actually do watch Empire. Um, I won't call myself the biggest fan of Empire, but I do watch it. I do enjoy it. Yes, I know it is uh, a a a black urban soap opera. I I get that, but um, what I like about it really is just that it it highlights you know just kind of shines the spotlight on you know the the music world. You know what I mean? This is something I've always been fascinated about, Uh, more particularly urban music. You know, hip hop and R and B. So you know, I like. Seeing people in the studio trying to crank out the next hit and, you know, all this drama to put an album out and, you know, the, the, the shenanigans that goes on behind the scenes of your favorite artists. You know, I, I, I like that kind of stuff, right? I was looking looking at articles about that. So Empire kind of hit a nerve with that, right? Right. And Jussie Smollett, right, uh, who plays um, Jamal in the show. Um, and yes, in the show and in real life, he is gay, right? Um, right. I always thought that he was one of the... One of, one of my favorite characters in the show too because of how sympathetic he was you know he had a lot of talent he had a lot of charisma and you know just his character really still to me he was like that one guy who did not want to do the shadiness that um you know um turns howard and taraji p henton to the extent were involved in right you know his parents yeah. so you know it was always something about him where it's like you know what he's like the angel in the whole group while everybody trying you know kind of corrupt in a way you know even his younger brother um hakeem yeah. right so it's like that now so you know he does such a likable character and then when you see him you know it's just like you know the man cool now you know what i mean so mm-hmm. <laughs> when this thing happened you know uh, a few weeks ago about him getting attacked you know, at 2 a.m. in the morning when he went to buy a subway on, you know, in, in zero degree temperature <laughs> in Chicago, right? Now, in my head, right. I, I, when, when the article came out, I think it was on a Tuesday, I thought that it happened in the daytime, like um, in the morning or afternoon time, and then the article just happened, like, you know, news reporters hit now. It's only like about, you know, days later, I, I realized that it happened, like, way early in the morning. Now. So I didn't even right. pick up on that until, like, people just started digging into this thing. And that's the thing, though. So people were shocked about it. I mean, I was shocked. I was, you know, disappointed about what happened. I was like, but this kind of thing going on in, in pro-Trump America, you know, guys wearing MAGA hats, 
you know, seeing this this gay actor attacking him, well, gay black actor actually attacking him, um, had rope and bleach, had MAGA hats on, you know, all that kind of stuff. So like, wait, this thing really going on in 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 America? Wait, what? So more people started digging deep now. But you know, the the big red herring, of course, was him refusing to to hand over his phone to the police now. You know, so it's like, well, maybe he has some stuff in it, some private stuff that you don't want, you know, the police to see. But it's like, still, it's an investigation that you want people to know what's going on. But then more stuff keep coming up. It's like, you know, he contacted his manager before he um, contacted the police. And these two Nigerian guys, one of which was an extra on the show, was was part of it. You know, so it's all this digging all these people were doing, you know, whether it was like, um, you know, newspapers or tabloids or whatnot, just start digging in deep now. And then, of course, well, the truth finally revealed that yeah, it was it was a hoax. You know, it was all it was this hate crime kind of designed to you know, <laughs> I don't know if, if it was just a way to take shots at you know Trump and whatnot. You know how things are today, but yeah, it's a hoax. And you know, I myself didn't want to believe it. Like you know, what? like come on, you, you really think a guy like him, somebody as talented and well paid as him, would go through all this drama? And yo, it was. You know, he orchestrated the whole thing. And yeah, he is. A, he, he was arrested actually. Um, I don't know how much time he's going to um, face, you know, because of what he did. But what I really want to talk about, but um, I just want to hear your thoughts about it first before I get into it, is just the idea behind it, the mindset about it. just so baffling and so ridiculously stupid at the same time. It just, I don't know, it was just like, I just had to get off my chest now, you know. Um, Ricardo, was, anything you want to weigh in on this? Like, um, were you... Were you um kept were you up on what was going on here or you you you, was, you were looking was, up at articles about you just like I don't care, I don't know this guy, whatever. Right. I, I was well I was marginally following it. Um uh-huh. because I think somebody bring it up in, in Colby. I think Ellen Page or one of them bring it up and it's like, Oh, it's an attack, okay. And I was to follow it and then as all the holes that I get poked into the story and I was like, Okay, well the question is usually when you have stuff like this, either you know, you either be unparsimonious or you be very, very, very um, parsimonious about it. No? And so it's either the story is as dumb as I think it is or it has something truly deeper going on, you know, and, he, you know, it's a story covering a story, no? Yeah. So I don't really yeah. get, get ultimately because, but well, for one, yeah, yeah, it is, it is not what it is. Um, hell, it had an episode of The Orville that was almost identical to this, huh, by the way. <laughs> oh, serious? <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, um, yeah. So I still just find it so strange that he would just blow his whole career over it. But you know, I mean, Terrence Howard do the same bullshit. Well, not as dumb, but do the same bullshit over. Uh, he car he he rolling marvelous. So whatever. Um, uh, what, my... what, what did he? What did what did he do? Um, again, just make us uh, a fuss. Make us a fuss and try to do us a strong arm negotiations. So you wanted to get paid more to play War Machine. Oh, right, job. right, right. For the first Iron Man. Okay, okay. Now, now I remember. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just find the whole thing just so dumb. Made for that, for what you're doing now, because ultimately is a larger role. And, you know, in, especially from people who are, well, I, I would think I'd imagine that the gay and the black, well, the gay community in particular, you know, given the nature, the, 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 perfect, the, the hoax crime, uh, would, um, you know, be really disappointed in that sense now, because you're undermining, you know, people who are real victims. Yeah. Um, in our whole situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct, I just kind yeah. of stopped paying attention to the story because it was just such an insane back and forth. You're wondering, like, why why does the story, the story just suck up so much attention? And, you know, you know you're know, you wondering if it's, again, what, what deeper going on? What 
because usually with stuff like this is either distracting from something or and then some people say you know it had something deeper to do with his lifestyle and something to do with lee daniels and you know we ain't sure going on um but as i say yeah this this guy just seems to be a dumbass sorry <laughs> You know, and, and you know, you you uh, as much as I don't want to call him that, yeah, boy, he 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 is. I don't want to say he kinda yeah. is. He is, but yeah. I mean, yeah. as soon as I hear, as soon as this article pop up, um, I believe it was last week Friday when when that announcement was made. Um, I it wasn't TMZ. It was either Complex or Variety, right? Variety actually put this up on Facebook. The man was dissatisfied about how much he was getting paid on Empire. Yeah. Right, right. Five seasons in, right? This is the fifth season we currently yeah. in, right? And you talking about this, right? So, as I mentioned, Taraji P. Henson in the very beginning here. Last year, she starred in two movies, right? Two movies that people didn't really care about, but, you know, people kind of wrote off and be like, all right, that, that's bullshit, whatever. And that would be Proud Mary and Acrimony, right? Um, and <laughs> she was still working on Empire. Anyway, this year, she's in What Men Want. Well, of course, she probably shot a majority of that in late 2018 you know, and whatnot, right? But still, she's doing movies and she's doing shows. She's doing the, the show on the side. Now, for a guy like like um, like Jesse, right? I saw him theatrically on Alien Covenant, right? He was one of the, the dumbasses right, who yeah, got yeah, killed, right? Not. Right, that, that's... The, <laughs> which I'm laughing, by the way, right? Yeah, so... Yeah, you're, oh, yeah. I yeah, that. a movie directed by Ridley Scott, right? So that means that you have some kind of clout now. You know I mean, you could you could star in films. It may not be, you know, um, leading role, but still, you know what I mean. Um, and then also, the dude could sing. The dude could really, really sing. You telling me with your talent, right? Even if you don't get the the starring roles and whatnot in movies, you telling me you could not just put a little EPL music or something so. Yes, I know Empire's about music and all that, but don't tell me that the only music you can record in your career thus far is for a fic- is for you know a fictional um record label. You know what I mean? Right. Like put out your own shit. Like do some music. You know what I mean? Um, even people like like Gene Smith was doing that when he was acting, and we was laughing at him for you know him not being a great actor. He was putting on music. He was testing your waters, and then as soon as he come out, sire, it's like, well, would hey. I yeah. could make that transition into rap music though, because yeah. I was practicing for a while. You know what I mean? I was doing it on the on the yeah. low end, but you know. So that's that's my point. Basically, is that just find some other revenue stream. That if you find that Empire not paying you enough, you know, be what well, the people behind Empire not paying you enough. Like you, dude, you have the talent, Dred. You have the yeah. talent. You you complain about you not getting enough money per episode. The amount he gets paid for per episode, Dred, I, yeah, I would, uh, you know what I mean? That, that's like, that's like my, uh, if you were to add up <laughs> my, my paychecks for the whole year, it wouldn't even come to that amount, Dred. So, I don't know, but it just, it just had me baffled, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I told a friend of mine just the other day, is like, you know, it's only an American who could do something that stupid. It's only an American who could be this ignorant, like, oh, nobody pay, you know, look at me and my talent, nobody paying me high enough. It's like, bro, yeah, um, parents have Howard and Taraji, right. them, them bigger than you, them in the game more than you. So yeah, take exactly. it as it is. It, it have nothing. It never really had anything to do with the money. In fact, when it comes to getting paid in in, in show business, it's really really happening in your in your in, your, in, in the later on in your career, right? Unless you're like a super mega star, um, like. But even Brad Pitt, right? Brad Pitt was somebody who was a young nobody, and then he picked up. 
um, you know, in his thirties and forties. Um, no, as I say, as I say, you know, stuff like this, I just, I just ignore because it's like it's such a dumb story, and it's for a dumb and petty reason. So everybody thinking that he's a patsy for something deeper, maybe, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no evidence for it, so whatever. It, it's so dotish because uh-huh, not yeah. only not only plan petty and this, uh, but I could understand it. Okay, doing it for quote unquote petty reasons, but come up with at least a good plan. Now. Nothing about plan sense. Security cameras. Take, no, no, no. But, but, my, point is, are, but. my point is like again, I don't, I don't endorse this behavior, but at least if you're doing, you know, sneaky shit, you know, at least do smart sneaky shit. Like any military me too movement, motherfucker. Find some high executive and you know, blame it on fake up or someone that now. You need middle of the Me Too movement. You know, do something with that. You can do yeah. something with that thing. Not some dumb MAGA hat conspiracy nonsense. Not about that makes sense. Enough people who already, I sure you meet some abusers, some psychopaths, some sociopath in Hollywood. And yeah, you, you, you could have make a plan to target that person and say, hey, I get thing. I won't get more, I won't get more money because of that. I don't I don't get where the MAGA pla- the MAGA hat plan make any kind of sense. At what point that was a logical choice? Um, well, okay, so what I've heard though is that, um, well, Empire supposed to start back around, I'm not too sure when it's going to start back, the the second half of the fifth season, right? But, uh, you know, they, they put out this this press statement saying that um, he will not be in the last two episodes. And for all I know, um, I'm not even sure if he's going to come back in, well, for season six. Uh, what make this so hard though for these people who behind the show is that they're already gonna write off one of the three brothers in the show this is this will be the oldest brother andre right i forgot the actor's name so like but they already set it up that he is going to get killed right they, they already right, set right. up from episode well episode one they, they they was hinting at somebody died and then well mid-season yeah. finale is like oh shit it's andre okay right so my thing is okay well jamal gonna be gone now so i don't know how they're gonna write that in you know, uh, he did have a boyfriend who was in England, and he moved to be with him. So I don't know if if that um, if they're gonna have him go back to England like he did in the last season. As I yeah. say, I think I still think it has something deeper going and going to the top. I think it connected to Lee Daniels. I suspect that. Um, could be. And it's could like, be. He's, he's, he's like an apathy now, right? He's a party for something going down, and it's, I don't think it's anything to do with something truly like insidious. But I think it's like, oh well, he had to take the he had to take the fall now. Um, that way, that way I feel by whatever. I have no evidence of that. It's just speculation. But this stuff, it does seem too dumb and too petty for, you know, the situation. Well, yeah. Moving on. I don't yeah. Care. Uh, last thing I'll say though is, um, but ultimately, you know, what Jesse did, you know, um, will affect not just the people behind the scenes of Empire, not just the people working on the show. But the viewership in total, because um, from what I've heard, what I've read actually, you know, viewership has been dipping over, you know, over the, the past few seasons now, um, which I could, I, I actually understand, you know, I'm the type of person who does just, you know, go brave and defend shows, you know, that's why I would still watch, you know, Walking Dead, even though people kind of turn me back on it, right? But yeah. it's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, for, for what exactly? Because you just want to... You just want to be, you know, the focus of attention. You just want more money, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all it, it just comes off real petty, just so ridiculously petty. For broke guys like us, you know, from, you know, who 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 can't even fathom, you know, the, 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 um, how opulent, you know, Hollywood people living and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just, I don't know, we just had a laugh at it, just, just so yeah, dumb, uh-huh. you know what I mean? No, no, people people notoriously bad at managing money at that level, you know. 
everything expensive. Remember, yeah. everything is is you know everything you're doing is is high value. So the second you're making a, a change that most people will find comfortable, you can't keep up with that life. It's not about the money in some objective sense. It's about the image and how you're feeling in terms of comfort and who you're above and you know and that's that kind of stuff. That is the reason why you know economics is a scale up in insane ways, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody could ever keep up with it. I mean, we just watched our movie, um, High Flying Bird, right? Yes. You know. To be that just tell tell was so telling in terms of like all the little structural issues though. Um yeah, whatever. Uh yeah. Jesse Morgan is a dumbass and he kinda make life worse for a lot of people in the United States in terms of blaming people for in victim blaming. Yes, uh, yes, yes. A lot of to do that shit. So whatever. Yeah, when when you have somebody like Cardi B saying you fucked up Black History Mundred, that just says so much, eh? And she is right, she is right. Because yeah, the man set black people back. He said gay people back. <laughs> he said um, Trump supporters back. You know what I mean? Like, oh gosh, we all trying to get along as is. Right? You you pull off this stunt <laughs> just because you're getting enough money. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, when Empire does the star back, I'm really curious to see how they're gonna write off his character. It might be pretty funny as well, though. But um, <sighs> I, I I I think Lee Daniels and them should start a wrap of the show because. Hey, if Jamal that day, and you know, people just gonna watch it just so they can take shots and make fun of the show because you know of Jussie Smollett's bullshit, then I don't know. I guess it's a sign to just pack it up and pack it in, yes. Anyway, so sticking with TV somewhat, um, we're now gonna talk about season three of HBO's True Detective. And um, as I mentioned, you know, um Jussie and you know Eden Covenant, um, an actress who also was an Eden Covenant actually makes her appearance here. Um, Carmen Edjogo. Right. right. Um, well, not really familiar with her. Um, she was also in uh, It Comes at Night as well, you know. Um, but yeah, she's in it as well. But of course, the, the main star of this movie is, of course, Oscar winner. You know, congrats to him, yeah. um, well, Husha yeah, Ali. Yeah, second time yes. supporter. Yeah. Yeah, second time for best supporting actor. And um, Stephen Dorff, who I haven't seen in quite uh, a long while, actually. And no, I'm not talking about, you know, his iconic performance as, you know, as Deacon Frost. You know, that guy you just love to hate, right, in Blade. Um, But yeah, he's back as well. But I will talk about his his performance as well. Uh, But yeah, this is the third season of, uh, well, more or less an anthology series. Which is, you know, similar to like how, you know, American Horror Story and FX is where each season tells a brand new story, right? Well, in this case, it's a detective story. It, it always involves some sort of murder or some disappearance. But what makes this stand out is the sort of like eeriness to it. There's always something really dark and looming going on. So it's kind of similar to like how David Lynch did, you know, Twin Peaks way back in the early 90s. Now. Um, yeah. But also what makes it stand out because, you know, because this is modern television, of course. It can't just be telling a story straightforward. It There's always, like, these existential themes. You know, there's always something about life and death and, you know, what we see or how memory works and all that kind of stuff. But in this case here, it more or less follows about time and, you know, how we perceive it. So what makes this um, season here stand out is that we basically are seeing three linear narratives play out, Right. All through the perspective of uh, Marishala's character, whose name is Wayne Hayes, right? So we're seeing him as an old man in 2015. We're seeing him as, you know, a cop in 1980 where he first meets yeah. um, um, Stephen Dorff, who plays Roland West. 
and then we see him in the 90s well 1990 actually you know yeah, um, 10, years. 10 years for the fact where they closed this particular case that they were involved right. in and it's just the obsession that his character goes through in, in trying to solve this case uh ricardo just want to fill us in on what the premise of uh true detective season three is about yeah well you're kind of you're kind of explaining it in terms of the time period but basically yeah these two kids went missing um i forget the boy name but julie uh, yeah, Julie and Will. I believe it's Will. Yeah, was his, yeah. yeah and they, they basically went missing for a while. The, the, the father, played by um, Scoot, Scoot McNary. Yes, yes, Scoot, Scoot McNary, quite excellent, yeah. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Well, he, he's one of my favorite actors uh, going around um, uh, because he was, he was one of the main characters in Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. Uh, he was in, well, in Batman v Superman, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and they could have yeah. done so much more with this character there, but yeah, whatever. whatever, uh, whatever. But, but it has another, another DCU person in this as well. So, ah, yes, uh, Mr. Ray Fisher, <laughs> who played, who played uh, Cyborg and will play him in the well, spin off movie, which right. everyone really excited for, you know. <laughs> well, I'm not sure going through still, but whatever. Right. Point is, he, but he was, I thought he was quite good in this as well, anyway. He was, but, he was, um, yeah. Yeah, these two kids went missing, um, not sure what's going on, and then you found out. Then so they, they get Michelle Ali to and, and Stephen Doctor come through. Uh to start the case. They start the case, they're looking and looking and looking, and eventually um he finds the boy's body. Um, yes. it's like, all right, well, where's the girl? Never find the girl body, find kind of weird, and then they, they get into a sort of chicanery involving um Again, that's a chicanery involving, you know, the case itself, the show going on. And the entire thing is premised through a documentary being made in 2015. Yes. Uh, he is receiving, well, somewhat new information. Uh, but they do, they, do, they do a nice little subversion of that later now. Um, he's receiving yeah. new information involving the case itself and, and the context of the case and the recontextualizing of the case um, from the perspective of this filmmaker. Or the documentary filmmaker from in, in the year 2015 and all the research she did and her perspective on the whole thing. Um, and then, well, at the same time, is well, girlfriend in one time, wife in the second time, and well, we'll talk about her later. Um, this would be Amelia Redden, um, right. played by Carmen Ijogo. Ijogo. Yeah, she's also, yeah, she's also following the case, but she's um, writing, writing about it from that perspective. And it have a whole, you know, flowing waypoint about memories and time. And yeah, that is pretty much the story. But yeah. last thing I had to mention about it is that because everything is premised through memory and time, yeah, what you learn is is a lot of it have to do with um, you know, flawed memory and unreliable narration. And yeah. that's where he catches the real catch of the story, the real crux of the, the storytelling device. Everything is from the perspective of his character. And you learn nothing other than his character, and then you realize, oh, how reliable or unreliable um, his memory and and you know that perspective is, and all the stresses and you know the frustrations that goes with that, going with the memory of the keys, and that's what is this the catch was now of the storyline. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, you want to do you want to share your your opinion first, or you want me to jump in? Oh, no problem. Um. I liked it a lot. Um, I really enjoyed the, the beginning of it. It is a slow burn. Um, it is, it is, yeah. But because the characterization is so strong and it's all about the characters more than the quote-unquote plot, 
especially when you find out what was going on in the ending, um, is it was pretty good in that sense. Um, you, I still have a somewhat of a sore spot for season two, but this is still very, very good. And yeah, I would say it's, it is better than season two. Um, yeah, uh, well, we actually spoke about this um, before we met up online. Uh, um, kind of arguing, well, sorry, not arguing, but really, like in my opinion, I thought that this was a huge step up from season two. Uh, right. Mainly because there was a lot more things in it that I remember from it in this one. I mean, yes, I know I actually finished it up uh, just uh, just merely a few minutes before we met up online. But still, there was just so much in so much in this season here that I really, I really, that really... Uh, that I really appreciated, sorry, and really stood out to me more than the second right. one, which I felt was trying to replicate the formula of the first one. But um, and while it did it well, it's it just for me like the the ending just didn't hit me as much as I wanted to. Like it just kind of happens. It's like all right, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. But one thing about it though, like I would say right off the bat that no, it is it is not as great as the first season. I mean the first season still ranks as you know one of the best right. seasons of the show that. in my opinion but this one comes close uh mainly because of the style of it the style is what really caught me by surprise right so as i said before it is a slow burn and i would admit first episode i was like it's not dragging but i really was feeling the slowness in it right but then because as either um the character side of build and whatnot i really started appreciate it even more so for me i kind of see this more as Kind of like, a, like more like an old-fashioned detective story, so it's not yeah. heavily reliant on, you know, um, the the shock of what is really going on or the yeah. shock of the reveal and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, this, this classic yeah. case of called is a classic case of where called journey is more important than the destination. Yes, um, yes. It, what this was uh, for me when you think about it, it was one of those situations where. Does it matter what the end was or what the real mystery behind everything was or what all the stress went down for? The point is that you learn, you learn what it was and the point is that you solved the problem. And yeah, that was the big victory. You figured everything out. And well, given the, the, the circumstances, it's not some big super shocking thing, but it's still pretty awesome. Like what they did with it. Um, it is, yeah. And I, I, yeah. And then it, it intertwined with, with, with this, his mental condition and intention. I thought they, they balanced that quite well. Because as a high wire act, that's very difficult to suss out now. Um, yes, yes, it's indeed. Thing, it's the same thing with, with quote-unquote bad writing and then writing stupid characters. That's <laughs> yeah. a, a high wire act you could do. Because on the one end, when you, when, you, when you have a character make a stupid decision, is it that the character is stupid or is it that the writer of the character is stupid? Kind of hard to suss out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But 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 when you when you do a good job with the writing, you you make it very clear that the character makes a bad decision, and it's consistent with either human psychology or it's consistent with that character's specific flaw. And in this, they did a good job with that, where the the balancing is him being either deliberately dishonest slash performative about information, because you learn later in, in episode six and seven, well, episode six I think, um, mm -hmm. about him pretending to be dumb and then. Well, pretending to be yeah, pretending to be forgetful, and then being actually forgetful in other situations. Yeah, and they, they do a job with that. That is when the real strength of this lies with that him having to deal with this degenerate. Well, I, I forget what it was, but it's about Alzheimer's. I forget exactly what happened to him. Never um, um, the the did men. I, I think they kind of hinted what it is, but um, 
like it wasn't like fully distinguished what the name of the condition was, but it's something right. similar to Alzheimer's in a way. I think right, effectively, yeah. right. He just he, he, he going, he going, he losing, losing um, his own memories, and and he having to hold on to really like strong points in his life emotionally to um, wrestle that. That's another thing that worked quite well in this is um, you know black man struggling with emotions, right? Um, yeah, it's not simplistic. Yeah, it's done quite well in my opinion. It's got it's done very plausibly. Um, especially he and the bong, bouncing off with the wife and him have yeah. to come to with a lot of like, you know, typical kind of ego shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. That and, and you can really see how insecure he is, boy. but it's almost right. like he has to be right about everything, even though he knows he on right. shit. And she kind of calls him out on it, but it's just like, well, no, you know what I mean? And I don't trust you. And why are you, right, right. Why are you trying to solve this? Why are you trying to investigate this case and get in my way? You know what I mean? It, it, right. But it, it how Marisha plays those those scenes, by the way, I really yeah. believe they didn't come off uh, yeah, too much like a like yeah. a baby, you know. Yeah, he and the, he and the wife does a, does that really really well. Um, again, is is you know the typical machismo ego ego stuff, but they, they handle it quite well in the context of the story. Um, yeah. see him, especially with her wanted to talk about the case and the nature of the case because the thing with the case is that the case you already think the case going in some super dark turn, right? And it yes. is pretty dark where they, where they went with it, uh, but it's not as dark as season one or even season two of True, True Detective, in my opinion. Right. Um, nowhere near as dark as that. But it's still, because this is where your imagination going with it. You know, you, once you hear a little churn disappear, you know, your mind is go to the darkest possible spot with that. Right? Yes. You think devil cult or some, num- some nonsense. Or some like pedophile that. ring or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. right. Something like that, right? And... Why they make it work? Oh, that's another. Well, they, they talk about that with, with season one eh? because they make a little nice little call back to season one for two seconds. Yeah, which which I which was slightly spoiled. Um, <laughs> some article that came out for we're not gonna oh, see what yeah. episode it was, but but I, I knew it was gonna happen. But then when they do it, it's like ah, okay, that's that's clever, that's clever. Right, like, I didn't. Okay, so I didn't read Okay, cool, cool. Right, yeah. right. I didn't read the articles. So I don't know. I I just saw it in the episode. Oh, okay, nice. So what uh, I would. Because yeah. I, 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 I speculated about it, and then I was like, oh, it is verified, and then it, it went back to, oh, well, it's not that important, or not that connected, when it really revealed everything that was going on. Um, yeah, but back to my point about um, just handling emotions. It's a solid character piece, in my opinion. Um, it does the thing that season two kind of failed at doing. We have season two to try to focus on the character piece stuff, and it, season two has a lot of good moments about you know, like a lot of it has to do with gender and, and security with that. No? Yes. Um, season, season, this season is gender is part of it, kind of, but it, it is a lot more nuanced than season two in, in that in that respect, in my opinion. And it because he holds the story quite well. And Stephen Dorff, Stephen Dorff was quite good in, in his narrative as well, in terms of like what they did, the, the guilt he had to go through, the you know, the bullshit he had to do, especially involving a really, really um, brutal scene involving him. And, you know, his relationship well they explained his relationship to dogs which i liked um yeah, yeah. they 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 had just just a simple character piece of i don't want to get into i didn't really get the, the sense that they were trying to do that but i get the feeling that there's some intention there of of the quote-unquote toxic toxic masculinity premise um yeah. you know in terms of men showing emotion how men relate to each other how how men um, have to handle especially in the in in a job like this where it's all about you know, dealing with force and violence, and it's real near the wells. I'm real scummy. They had to handle it in this one, so they make it work. Um, I, you know, as a character piece, it really is strong, very, very strong. I was a little, I personally was a little underwhelmed with the ending, but um, I got it. 
it works. Yeah. It still does work quite well, in my opinion. So that's just my take on it. Yeah, um, I will talk about the ending um, before I get to my rating, but I don't want to spoil anything, just a little hint, right? right? So um, I agree with you totally uh, with what it is you said, um, but for me, what really, how, how I look at this is that, like I say, it's kind of old-fashioned, but to me, this is like the kind of show that if Clint Eastwood was willing to jump into TV, this would be the kind of show he would make, right? You know, something slow-burning, but it has a lot to say about life and, you know, about human... Um, about being human, you know, you know what I mean? Not, but yeah. not in a, not too much in a philosophical or existential way, but just more about aging, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I think really that's a great decision on their part to take that approach. Because, yeah, you see our two main leads as old men. And the makeup for this, oh my God. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, so I was actually... spot on. Right. Like, Mersha, right. how he look like, this is how yeah, he would look like in his 60s or 70s or whatever. Yeah. I like how they had a little white hair, you know, right in front of his hair. So it gives him a kind of a Morgan Freeman is kind of look like you could tell they yeah. kind of look at um, like early, you know, like uh, I don't want to say 90s Morgan Freeman, but like 2000s Morgan Freeman. It was just kind of shaping the makeup to, to look similar to it, but it really yeah. spot on looks like, you know, Marshall just aged, you know, right before our eyes. And of course, strong editing in terms of how they cut back. From you know um, between yeah. each of these three narratives, I thought it was well done. And what I like also too is that you know with the nineteen eighteen and nineteen ninety one, you might get a little confused there. You know if you're not watching uh, Musha's hairdo, actually, if you're not I, watching the hairdo, but but there were a few times where I got a little where I was a little confused, and I think they do that on purpose. But what I love about the show here is that they will mention something either something either related to a scene that happened before or some sort of decision that was made or some kind of car uh, some kind of line of dialogue like yeah we were doing this back in the 80s or remember this back in 80 or you know what I mean they were always related to something that you see before so I'm glad yeah, actually, that all three narratives were linear you know if it was going back and forth back and forth back and forth then yeah it would have confused everybody but because it's linear it's like oh right 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 this had to do with what happened in the previous right. scene back in 1980 oh okay okay right 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 no I, actually I, I thought he was looking he was looking kind of younger in 90 than in 80 but whatever Oh, because the 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 hair, the haircut, the height of it, yeah, yeah, so yeah, he did, he did. I don't know if it's the makeup or or the lighting, how they do it, because they just looking like they just have him looking younger. But it's probably because of the clothes he was wearing, he was wearing this kind of weird bulky trench coat, and it wasn't as much in in nineteen. Um, yeah, you saw him in more, more casual clothing, so it's about, as opposed to that. Yeah, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, because I would I would say like for the eighty and ninety stuff. Yeah, as far as makeup goes, yeah, you do tend to get a little confused. Um, but I don't. I, that no, to me, that's fine. not like a big nitpick in my opinion. I I let that slide because I mean, oh gosh, right? I do like two sets of make, well, three sets of makeup now. You know what I mean? Well, not saying I didn't do makeup for the '90s part, but so you know, is the like the lead characters or the main characters age that much over the course of ten years? So. I let that slide, you know. But so for some pickers, it might be like, well, why he looking the same here and back in eat? He looking right, the same. Right, it's right. like, you know what? <laughs> Just forget about it, right? Make it keep it simple, stupid, right? Um, the acting, of course, across the board is excellent. Uh Marisha Ali kills it as Wayne Hayes. Um, yeah. I love the depth that they give his character as well. You really do sympathize with him, especially when he's in well, when he's really old and you know he's trying yeah. to remember stuff. There is one scene, well, there's there's these periodic scenes with him in his room, um, reading his um, his wife's book, 
right? Well, yeah. the sequel to the book that she wrote back in like um uh well the 80s um, um apparently, right? Well, sorry, in the 80s. And he always kind of remember or he would see visions of, you know, people talking to him. There's one shot with him, uh, well, they show this, well, they hint this early on that he was a, uh, he did serve in the Vietnam War. Now. So it's a shot where, like, these um, these commies, you know, right behind him stand up with the kind of straw hats, like, standing up behind him. And then this one guy in the back of the of the shot um, in a suit and tie and to me, that was like one of these, the 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 standouts um, shots in this in this season. Where like it was so haunting, eh? and I like the fact that it doesn't really say much, but it shows just how tormented he is by the past. You know, it's just a simple right. shot of just these figures behind him, and that that really got into my skin. But I was like, this yeah. real trend, though. This real I trend. Thought, I thought, well, I thought the story. I thought the story that made Vietnam a lot more relevant to the storyline. Um, it's yeah. not only in the sense of you know, how it shaped him and the, the, the requisite traumas that come from that. Like, he happened to handle himself well. But they, they do mention it um, in somewhere in the middle of, I think, episode 14, um, when they, where they meet another Vietnam veteran. Um, and I right. thought that was key in terms of, I, thought that, I, I really thought it was going to feed into the main story better, but it didn't. So it's like, well, it's more than. Yeah. Um, Stephen Dorff. Um, yeah. I was blown away by his performance, but... Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good in this. I thought his yeah. from the accent to how his character was, you know, was was um was written to dialogue. Yeah. That man just killed it, boy. Um, yeah. I don't know oh, if well. this show could get like Emmys. You know, see that it came out, yeah. um, well in well January actually, but you know this this is this is award-worthy in my opinion but i was so shocked at how great his performance was by like just top tier in my opinion so like yeah. him like you know he could uh, but you know Mahushala is still the best out of everyone but steven come at a close second in my opinion but yeah. it was, i was that impressed by his performance but and just like this the way how he got the 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 um the sudden you know draw down just perfect in my opinion yeah, no. In 1980, he was looking just like like Dennis Quaid for some reason. For me. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would, yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Um, yeah. Neri, not yeah. too familiar with his work. Uh, well, I didn't. I did not watch Halt and Catch Fire as yet, but right. I really should kind of know how much you you praise this show. But yeah, yeah. this 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 his his uh, performance here is reason enough for me to actually go out and check that show. He he was excellent in this. Loved his performance yeah. here. He was the tormented dad, you know, trying to figure out what happened to his daughter. And then at yeah, times yeah. wondering if he has something to do with it as well. And let's like, yeah. how, like how they just keep playing back and forth with with that character. Um Carmen yeah. Ijogo, um as uh, Amelia, I thought that she was great as well. I like that they didn't play her as the you know the loud mounted argumentative um girlfriend slash wife of the cup you know what I mean? like you know you, you should be home with your family and why are you so obsessed with your job she, uh, there were there were barely any moments where she was like screaming at him you know in that typical yeah. fashion right um but i like how strong she was how reserved she was um even the way how she would talk back to to Marisha, you know when he's being all insecure and whatnot right you know i really love that as well you know, it really shows that there is a lot of like that's so much that she's always calm and reserved, but she could take shit, boy. But there's a point where it's like, you know what? You really push it. Yes. Just get shit together, or else I'll leave you, right? And I'm not gonna yeah. see what happens beyond that. Um, I thought that the the supporting cast was great as well. Um, I was actually surprised to see Michael Rooker, um, in the show right. as well. 
Yeah. Because we're talking to like, um, all right, that, I, I, I think it is Woody Harrelson though, because the, the voice, the accent there. So uh, when I look close, like, uh, right, that's him, Michael Rooker. I don't know how it happened, but because they they have they had him look at old tuna, so I got a little yeah. thrown off there. Yeah, they straight up, they straight up had him playing Merle before the, the, the fall, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. It's basically yeah. Um, no, that's the, okay, so that's the only thing that kind of had me a little bothered because I thought he was like, in the way how they play that scene is like, oh well, he rel in this deep conspiracy about what's going yes. on, yeah. so on so forth. And it's like, well, he wasn't that relevant. So I didn't exactly. get that pussy in terms of like why why all of that had to play itself out. Now I'll get into just how it all comes together, right? Um and oh yes, and before I forget, uh the direction for this is strong. You know, I, I love the direction and the writing as well, mostly handled my um creator, Nick Pizzolato. You know, once again he comes yeah. through some excellent writing, you know, some strong character development and whatnot. But how it comes together, right? And this is why I see the kind of old-fashioned is, you know, um, and it's something that Amelia hints at, you know, with some um, excerpts from books that she reads to her class. You know, this idea of time and being able to look back at time and memories and all that kind of stuff. So in a simple way, it's kind of say like how the decisions that we make, because yes, characters make really hard decisions sometimes it's for their own benefit so it's for other people as well and knowing that all the time it turns out bad it uh, turns out well right sometimes it has these drastic uh, consequences right but what i like in this show here is that you know yes bad things happen and there's disappointment and there's sadness in life but that's not the end of your life you know what i mean unless you're dead or whatever right you know it's not like but there's always like some kind of moment of redemption or some moment of closure, especially the final episode, right? Um, and it's not saying that your life will be carefree and smooth after that, you know. But it's just that, no, it's not the end just because you make a bad decision and whatnot. That's not to say that, you know, the decisions that they made, you know, were warranted. It's just that, you know, you would think that because of what went on with Marisha, with, um, this character, that that would be it, that he would be tormented for the rest of his life. But not really, you know what right. I mean? So I just like how they kind of showed that in the, the final episode where, all right, cool, you, you, you expected something dark to happen, but it's like, well, you know, years have passed, he's been obsessed over this crime, and now he finally finds the answer to it. But that's not the end of his life, you know, he he has to move on, and, you know, he's old now, so he has to kind of get used to it and just live the life that he, you know, just keep on living the life that he has left, you know what I mean? Instead of just burdening himself with you know the, the the stuff in his past right so i just love love how thematically they, they set that up for some people it might be like uh all right well that's it okay really expected something more and i guess in terms of true detective well the the, the band of true detective you probably would have expected something a little bit more dark something that would stick with you so right. while i wouldn't see the ending had you know as much punch as i expected to right. Um, just the simplicity of the messenger, you know, just what he was trying to say, really stood, uh, really stuck up with me, though. And the last shot of him, uh, we're not gonna see what happens here. It kind of gives right. the idea that you know this is all like, okay, well, this is what your life is gonna be, you know what I mean? Right. But you know, who would think that where he is at that point, um, in the last shot, you know, where he is then well, would lead to where he is now, you know what I mean? So it's kind of right. interesting well, I, how I, um... life is out like that. You're right. I, I, I kind of got that as a sense of him. Well, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler for me to say this, but I got the sense of that last shot was in a, such a way where it was him really fully losing his memory now. now. 
So you lose it gone. All well, of the you know, I didn't look at it like that today. Right. And then, then because oh. remember, he was talking to himself in the, in the past, eh? Yes, yes, and yes. When, so all of this stuff about this stuff in the past, you know, again, you're not sure if it really happened like that. He keeps saying, I don't want to be here anymore. Remember, he talked to himself in reflections and this kind of thing. No? So yes. when he, the last version, when that, that very well, the dash shot played itself out, I got the sense that, oh, he's fine because he solved the case. And the only reason that he kept his memory is because of the case. Like, the case is the thing that drove him to keep, you know, keep, keep his memory. No? And then yeah. when, because the case is solved now, uh, that's it. Like, it, remember, we got the camera zoom into the, where the camera, where, where yeah, the camera was going. Yeah, zoom into his eyes. So, right, like, right. The, the last then, few things he saw, yeah, he sees, yeah. basically. Right. And so, I get a feeling that that is what was going on in the last shot now. So, that's what, that's how I, I interpreted that, at least. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's a good interpretation, though. Like, now, now you have me thinking about that last shot now. Okay, don't right. on train, I be like, oh, well, all this was just a <clears throat> flashback right. now. Like, no, right. not really. It's just well, this is where, like, to me, how I saw it is like, this is where we, we see where his life is going to lead up to, and now we see where things kind of start, you know, technically. Right. But what definitions can work in, in that context? Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I um, um well, there's a uh, couple things as well as before we get to read, right? Uh, as far as slight disappointments, well, this little nitpicks, though, um. Yes, you do have the the violent, you know, middle act basically. You know, the there's always like one scene that you know just kind of throws things off. Um, but yeah, we didn't get see it. Well, we didn't really get that. Like, there's blood in it and yeah. stuff like that. But I would say once again, like if you look at like Clint Eastwood's, you know, like later movies, you know, as he got older, you know, it has this kind of sentimentality to this. You know, it's it's basically for old folks, basically, right? You know, who do want to see a bunch of blood and guts, right? So it doesn't have that edginess as the last two seasons but i know for some people yeah. they might find that a disappointment um right also yeah yeah and, and right yeah no long takes here there wasn't really anything ambitious directed wise i think right. the ambition right. just really went into the storytelling more than anything else which is fine which is fine because i don't think i've seen any show that did three linear narratives you know um in throughout the course of eight episodes right but yeah, yeah, as far as directing goes, because you know it's HBO, HBO always have to have the 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 name held up high, right? The the um you know the logo now. But there wasn't really anything in season in this season here, which was like OMG, this is like the next step in direction, you know. This is right. this is a scene that we're gonna be talking about for 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 years to come, like you know, like the the really brutal shootout in season two or the long take in season one. You know what I mean? There yeah. wasn't really anything like that in my opinion. Um. But yeah, that those were kind of minor nitpicks as well. Uh, also, I forgot to mention too, last thing, last last thing. Um, I thought that the music that uh, I think his name is T Bone Burnett did, I thought it was great though. Um, very eerie, very ambient, very immersive. Like, although there's a there's, I don't want to say overuse of music here, but it's almost like nearly every scene always have to have some kind of dark. Ominous music playing, but yeah, the music itself I thought was 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 great though. It's just, it just set it up the tone. Um, and last thing, last well, yeah, final things, final I should say, uh, the opening sequence because you know this is something true. With this is something we always expect of you know the the True Detective series, right? Um, right. Liked it, dug it with terms of visuals, but um, first ones, the one for the first season is still the best. And right. I actually kind of enjoyed this, the the one in season two way more than this one here. 
So it's yeah, basically okay. one, two, three in terms of my ranking of the opening sequences. Um, right. And it's, it even right down to song as well. Cause I thought that the song they used in season one was so great and it really stood yeah. to me. Season two had this kind of noirish kind of song, this really kind of dark, bluesy kind of thing. And yeah. yes, it does add to the whole neo noirish vibe of the show itself, right? But season three had, you know, this kind of blues song. Um, I forgot the, the singer who sung it. But there's a line in it where I was like trying to understand what she was saying. And it also sounds it always sounds like she's mom like you know? yeah, right. <laughs> so every time I heard it, I just kinda of laughed like what did she say? But then when she repeats it, how do you reckon it read? It's like, oh okay, that's what she's saying. But why she mumbling to the beginning, I don't understand. But right. that's a little minor uh, nitpick. But all that aside though, um yeah, this is a strong season though. Um I know the more I think about it, the more I interpret its themes, the more it's really gonna, you know, stand out to me. So yeah, I know we early into the year, but I see this showing up on my top ten list of like yeah, just uh, TV shows for me, man. Yeah, possible other show in top ten because again, again, this is one of those you have to think about. Don't fight on what the plot is. It's one of those journey destination stuff, especially given the context of the journey, um, yes. especially in memory and whatnot. And that that is where the characters and the strength of the thing. That's why I think they were going for. And, and if once you look at it like that, it 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 actually they nailed it. Actually, frankly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna give this like a nine out of ten. I thought this was next to perfect for me. Nice, um, nice, well done. I'm not gonna fight again. You could fight on the plot thing itself, and I actually, when you actually think about it, the plot, does it does work? It does work for what what it is. Again, given the context or whatnot, and and when the ending happened and how it played itself out, it's, it's all about finishing the task. Um, yeah, and that's exactly. Pointed at right. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. All right, ahead, well, well, for me, this gets a strong four to five, though. Um, I really, I really enjoy this. What I would say really impressed with this season here compared to the other two. You know, while some people might find it's not as strange as the last two, I like that, yeah. you know, with each season, it's telling, it's not just telling its own story, but um, it's just trying to do something a little bit different. You know, it's not trying to be trying to replicate what the, the second season did. So this one here, like I said, you know, has this kind of old-fashioned, sentimental vibe about it. Still very dark as well, but more, you know, from a, you know, more more in terms of old looking back at the past, you know, that kind of thing, that, you know, present looking at past, that kind of stuff, basically, right? So those themes in particular about time and memory and age really stood out to me. Um, and I just really praise this, this season for you know, trying to be its own thing, you know. So I don't know if we're gonna get a season four in the near future, but I really curious to see what new story they bring to the table, what intriguing characters they bring in, um, and just all the goodness that we expect from you know, um, True Detective. But yeah, this was a strong season overall. It's eight episodes. Yes, each one clocks in about an hour. So yeah, this is gonna be a pretty long binge if you decide to do it. But right. um, I would yeah. say if you you go in, go in, go in, what I would just say basically is that. You gotta be patient with it. Yes, it's a slow burn. Right. It's not gonna play out as the other seasons um, did with the darkness and the strangeness. But just go, just just pull through with it. And yeah, yeah I, I do imagine you will find yourself being rewarded in the end because I was yeah. I was generally rewarded, you know, with how things played out in the right. end, even though it didn't play out the way I, I expected, you know. Right. No, me too. Um, I I was still because the thing is, it was even though it was quote unquote, it's a slow burn. I I um I found myself. Engaging what was going on in terms of trying to solve the problem and trying to solve and figure out what was going on, especially when 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 five episode five and six you rolled around now. So it, yes, it had yes, many yes. 
Yeah, yeah I was doing a lot of piecing together, trying to remember, oh, what this guy and what he said back then, and just exactly. and then because of the of the three narratives play, you know, it's like, oh well, this is what happened back then, and you know, you just piece right. together right. everything in your head. It was it, it wasn't at no point it didn't feel too convoluted to me anyway. I, I was following it quite well. Again, I took yeah. it when you know, just the good editing and storytelling and, and structural edit um had it working and flowing quite well. Um script and dialogue had it flowing and quite well in terms of who's saying what and where. No one felt like, oh, this person's a complete idiot or this person is, in, is incompetent or anything like that. Um, it was just like, no, it was just flowing well. Everything made sense to me. And yeah, I, I just thought it worked in that sense. Um, as I say, the ending, I, I, I would have liked the ending to be a little more shellacious and shocking, but whatever. What it, what it gave us, I, I liked um, for what it was. Um, that's about it. Uh, I haven't really anything else to say, pussy. Yeah. Right. So last things last, though, speaking of Mercia Ali and his um, Oscar win, you know. Uh, now we have to get to the 91st Academy Awards, which uh, aired um, last Sunday time this recording here. So before we get into actual nominees and who won, right, what I would say overall with the show, not having any host, um, I actually like that. It, it actually worked better than I expected, mainly because right. it didn't drag. There wasn't, you know, the yeah. usual five minutes of, you know, steel jokes and hey, this guy showed right. up tonight. Hey, you know, well, that reminds me of that movie you saw. There was none of that. Right, right. It just people came in, they say what they had to say, they read it off the the um I was gonna say cue cards, but you know, they said what they had to say, present the award, boom, right? As far yeah. as nitpicks go, but you know, I did get around to research this before we met up here. Um you had the four other nominees for best original song perform. But Yorker Nigger, Kendrick Lamar, and Scissor to at least open up the show. Y'all got yeah, Queen to open up the show. You know, almost like, oh, we're gonna make you think that Bohemian Rhapsody gonna win it. I remember see I remember tweeting it's like just because all they bring Queen Dread don't mean that Bohemian Rhapsody gonna win Best Picture, right? Just see. Just see it. So, yeah, um, they, right. they do a couple I, of hits, whatever, but it's like, come on, come on, man. Come on. Right. I no, okay. So I was when 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 they, they, they bust up um when they bust up Kevin Hart over the, the, the old tweety do. I was like, you know, they could have still get a, I still I still believe that they could have get a good a good host to replace him. And it had a bunch of people off the top of my head. I thought they could have fight up and get. They could have get Terry Crews, Keenan Thompson, you know, as I say, um Trevor Noah could have been there. They could have get Janet Mock to host. But then but to me, having no host was such a good call because they saved so much time. Yes, uh, yes. This is to to my opinion, this is the shortest um Oscar ceremony we've had it quite a while though. Like yes, how much with, if 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 you had it commercials, it's still past exactly. three hours, right? But this was three hours and fifteen minutes though. Like this one didn't end one o'clock in the morning, like you right. know, the last few years. Yeah, I think I think they save a good they save a good twenty to thirty minutes on this one. Um yeah. and, and the smart the smart thing is that now Oscar speeches, the winner's speeches now have a lot more breathing room, which I prefer. Um, so <laughs> here's, no, the thing, here's the thing, right? I also made this this joke on, on Twitter. I was saying, if you if you cry during your acceptance speech, you'll get more time. But if you don't cry, yeah. you'll hear that wrap it up music. So because right. there were some people who went in, and as it was trying to just remember names, you was hearing wrap it up music. A, a couple of guys actually just gave us just like you know what, fuck it. Like I just can't remember, right? Let me just walk off. Okay, this awkward. Everybody clapping. It. It's like okay, I done. I was like, oh gosh, man, just, just give them this a 10 seconds to remember the name before they walk out. Like, come on. Right, right. Yeah. Um, no, but 
as I said, this was such a smart call. And I don't know if, if Oscars will always not have a host, but like not having a host was an excellent call ultimately. It ended up working out. I thought it would have been a disaster. Because the last time the last time they didn't have a host, um, it was pretty disastrous. It was one of the worst Oscars. It was poorly managed. Um, poorly played out. I think it was 1989, I think. Um, yeah, I, I saw, actually saw a piece of that um, of yeah, that so. uh, thing um, involving yeah, uh, um, uh, Chick who dressed like Snow White. It was terrible. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. But I, I, I remember. I don't understand. I don't remember. Here, it was one of the worst Oscars. One of the most least memorable Oscars. Um, and it was because they didn't have a host that year, and that was a big shtick. So yeah. I still think you could get people to do to host. I don't. I don't really mind a host. The problem with the host is the host is it supposed. The problem with the host is the hosts defeat the purpose of what the Oscars supposed to be in terms of being a master ceremonies and having the shit flow properly. Um, because hosts end up getting in the way of their own thing. By the, they had to make a joke and they had to do a bit and they had to do this and a sort of shit. No? And yeah. because because this was in and out in terms of the the um the material, um. I, I thought that was excellent. In fact, I, I was kind of cracking up that they decided to put somebody at the end to say, well, this is the end because, like, nobody was paying attention to it. It was Julia Roberts, I think. Yeah, it, it was Julia Roberts. Yeah, she, she closed the Nobody was paying attention to she. I was like, and I was like, yeah, why are you I even... I know, right? Because <laughs> she's like, all right, good night, everyone. Ah, you know, here she walk off. <laughs> to me, they should just where, when you say at the end, you, you announce your winner and then everybody come up and the speech done. Thank you. And when that person's speech done, that's the end of the show. Yeah, um, yeah. You need to say this was the nineteen first, whatever it is. Just move on. Um, but whatever, I thought that was an excellent call by trimming all that fat, trimming all that fat, and it worked. Yeah. Um, and, and very no nice. unnecessary musical numbers by the host um, of the show, um, <clears throat> Hugh Jackman. Remember? Yeah. Back Bullshit, in yeah. when it was twenty ten, the reader. I did not read the reader. Ah, yeah, Wolverine. Like no. Yeah. That, that shit, that, that shit, right? Um, but yeah, but apart from that questionable Queen performance, um, yeah, everything else was, was fine though. You know what I mean? We we yeah. we had the in, in memoriam video that was really cool. Um, I admit I got a chill when chilled on the spine, um, down my neck when I saw Stanley there. You know what I mean? It was it was cool. But apart from that, it was just the other well, the best original song um, performers did their thing. Uh, of course, it was kind of obvious that um, that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper were the steely show, you know, with the performance. There. It was nice. It was nice. Really dug it. And yeah, of course, they win, right? But all that aside, though, let me just get to the winners, right? We just compared it to what we predicted, you know, in our last um, episode, right? So, yeah. uh, in no particular order, uh, best visual effects. Uh, first, Mando. Well deserved, in my opinion. Because like I said before... <laughs> If you do visual effects, and I know I know the, the Academy loves this kind of shit, right? Where you had a kind of question, what is real, what, what was practical and what was, you know, VFX, then yeah, yeah you, you win right there, you know? So, yeah. first man, well done, man, well done. Although, we were rooting for Avengers Fidelity War, but I believe, yeah, my runner-up was, was first man. So, props right. to first man. I, man. I, I was always, well, you know, first man was a big movie, so I, I was kind of supporting it for a while. Though. I think, yeah. been, but I, thought, I already thought Avengers was a game, though. Yeah, yeah, just because of you know Thanos and <laughs> how, how they just design that character, you know what I mean, and just all the all the visualness of the movie itself. But yeah, first man, well done, man. Uh, best film editing. This was one of the biggest upsets for me. Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Yes, yes. Big up is, to John Ottman, right? John Ottman, great editor. Yes. He, he, he has collaborated with, with Branson over the years. Not seeing that's a bad thing, but, you know, respect him. You know, you work at the X-Men movies, all that stuff. But, oh gosh, man, you could have given it to your favorite. You could have given it to Vice. You could have given it to Black Plants, man. But Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody? Yeah, now every year transitioning from up. year to year to performance to performance. Yeah. That's it. Now, Come on. Every year, every year they have a bullshit. They have a bullshit choice. Like a true bullshit choice. And this was the bullshit choice. Like, we'll get into the end of this, eh? And whether or not that is a yeah, true yeah, yeah. bullshit choice. This is the true bullshit choice. This was the worst in its category. What the yes. fuck? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Even Green Book had some decent editing, but Man, man, come on, come on! Nah, man, ridiculous, really yeah. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, boy. Uh, best costume design, as I predicted, Black Panther. Ruth E. Carter yeah. won. She's the first um, African American woman. Well, they say black woman. I gotta call her African American woman to um, win in that category. <clears throat> right, all right. Um, and I like that you know how she acknowledged that she started off with Spike Lee. You know what I mean? So you know, I like how she you know. Paid respect in there, but yeah, I was I was pleased by this. I was really glad that it won. Um, not much more I could say about that, but uh, I, I know you probably agree as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was this was I kind of call this. Yeah, we can. I, I think I call this one. I think we call yeah. this one, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, best makeup in here, Silent. I mean, come on, <laughs> Vice, right? right. Duh. Right. <laughs> Ironically, though, it would be the only award that Vice won, and here's the thing, right? So. One thing I, I, at least I could appreciate is that all the Best Picture nominees won at least one award. Right. At least one. So this was the one that Vice won. So, all right. Well, it is what it is, right? But, I mean, not much competition there anyway. <clears throat> we got Tyler Perry to present this. And he was saying, yeah. well, um, you know, well, yes, we're going to present this live here, this paraphrasing here, Best Cinematography, because, like, you know, how all they could just have this you know, present this off screen, off screen, or not in the show at all. I remember there was like an online petition saying, "Yo, put this right. back in the show, please, because cinematography is yeah. important." Me? Like, come okay. on. So, speaking of, speaking of fat to be trimmed, in my opinion, in my opinion, if there's anything that you should trim from the show itself, it should be all the short stuff, right? Short Agreed. film, short animated, and short documentary. That is the kind of stuff you had to trim, but not. Not cinematography, man. Not cinematography, man. That's that shit is important. So of course, Roma won. That was that was obvious. Yeah. That was obvious. It was either yeah. that or Cold War, in my opinion. Um, right. But yeah, big up to Alfonso Cuarón. I mean, he just killed it, you know, in the cinematography front. Though, um, yeah. not much more we could say. Best production design. I was glad that Black Panther won, but I was like, well, would yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well deserved as well, though. You know, love the, the set design, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, best sound editing and sound mixing. Big upsets by Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Again. What? Because you was able to replicate the live aid concert. And, ooh, right. Look, right. look at that. Right. You're hearing the audience and you're hearing Queen singing. Right. It's like, really? Right. Really? That's First man could have yeah. won that. First man could have right. won that. Well, Come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But because you replicate a a a a, a concert that 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 that's the reason they win. Uh, well, that's my speculation. Is because of that live eating, and maybe a couple of transitions, I guess. But oh gosh, man, oh gosh, yeah. Bohemian, come on. <laughs> Anything you had to weigh in on, on that? Uh, like I'm not surprised. It was like, oh well, it's music, so music. No, anything, eh? People oh, come on because it's music. 
academy has no clue how sound editing and mixing works so that's why they devote for that say oh this is the show with the music so therefore it should win that bullshit man. yeah I, I agree i agree so what so because one of the guys from queen i forget his name was stomping his feet to we will rock you and then they transition to an audience doing the same thing and then to the actual performance that that that's that's all they win oscar yeah. all right yeah. okay Moving along, <laughs> best original song, The Shallow, right? Everybody loves Shallow. Um, I yeah. still personally think that the final song that Lady Gaga performed, I thought that was much more powerful. That would hit me in my heart. That would should have been nominated at least. But everybody loves Shallow. Shallow's nice, you know? Yeah. So yeah. can't complain with that. But I just wish that personally, um, as far as performances go, we could have seen a performance for all these stars. We did not get that. Why? Yeah. I don't understand. We get Queen, right? But whatever. Yeah, uh, best yeah. original so best, best original score, as I predicted, Black Panther Award. Right. Shout right. out to, to Ludwig Goranson. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, his acceptance speech was great. It was to the point. And yeah, you know, you collab with Ryan Coogler. Yeah, you make miracles, right? So props to Ludwig. Well, I love that. Uh, anything you want to weigh in the door? So that's it. No, no. Yeah, again, just like, yeah, I expect that it will come in. Ludwig, he kind of got become the new... You know, um, uh, we call him John, Not, uh, John Williams, right? Right. He, <laughs> if, 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 well, if he works on on, on the right with projects time. with time, yeah, he, he he could become a John Williams. He could become right, a John exactly. Williams. He look, like, he look like one of those who go and get the keys to the kingdom now when it comes to that yeah. stuff. Now, I was thinking more Hans Zimmer in terms of just blockbuster movies, but yeah, John right. Williams is a nice reference as well. Yeah. All right. Uh. Shorts, right? So best animated short went to bow. I was like, all right, that that weird right. thing that we saw, okay, it yeah. went, all right. No care to see it again, but whatever. Uh, best live action short film skin haven't seen that. Uh, best documentary short subject uh, period end of sentence, which I didn't even know was on Netflix, but now that is there, actually we'll check it out. Uh, I just paraphrase it here, you know the the the. In the acceptance speech, right? The, the chick who went up. I love when she say, who would have thought a movie, a, a, a film about menstruation would have won an Oscar? To me, that's, right. like, that's like the highlight of this, like the, the quote in the night there, you but, know? Is that yeah, one line yeah. alone? I didn't, I didn't see that documentary. I should have made the effort to see it, but I, I'm familiar with the, with the issue, you know, that, that whole shenanigans. Because look, India is shockingly fucking backward when it comes to that stuff. Like, they have active cultures trying to undermine Simple thing like hygiene and menstruation. And I'm attitude is that, well, no, that is a luxury, not like something that, you know, every woman should like have to, you know, sort out now. I'm not surprised at one. Um, yeah. But I'll make the effort to go see it myself. Um, yeah. Mine Gap had a chance, but oh gosh, well, free solo, just from the visuals to the story yeah. to the team of it. Yeah, it, it had to win. Uh, glad that the guy who, who was the, well, you know, the, the, the subject of the, of the film actually showed up with his girlfriend or if they, uh, well, I don't know if they if they married yet, but as a scene girlfriend for now, right? Uh, Jimmy Chin was there with his girlfriend or wife, whatever. So I was just glad to see them on on stage. I wish um, the guy, I think his name was Andrew or Andy, whatever. I wish he could have said something, but you know, I guess he was a little shy, but whatever. But I'm real glad that that free solo one. I really want more people to go and check this great show. Ricardo, you need to watch uh, free solo. It's great. You'll yeah. love it. Uh, best foreign language film, The Roma. Of course, it won. Yeah. Um, and apparently, this is the first Mexican win, uh, film to win that that uh, win in that category. So that's a huge achievement for, uh, for them. I love how he, you know, he was, he was big up Mexico. You know, it was like you know, 
not Viva Mexico, but you know, uh, I forgot what it is he said, but you know, he will he was shouted out Mexico in his um, speech as well. Yeah. Uh, best animated feature film, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I mean, I'm very glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that Disney and Pixar did not win this shit. Eh? That would have pissed me off a fucking Incredibles to win this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, boy. Oh, and as, as much as I really enjoyed Ralph Breaks the Internet, I would have been disappointed yeah. that oh. one as well. Yeah, that would have been ridiculous. Yeah, but shouts to Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, boy, all, all they make it, yeah. all they make it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They totally, they totally deserve it. Totally deserve it. I don't like this movie as much as other people do, but I still love this movie a lot, so. Yeah, I, mean, I just I like... love it in terms of just the risk they took visually, but exactly. just with the exactly. animation styles and just what it did, you know, it was just so eye popping. Uh, yeah. Best adapted screenplay. This was a tricky one, like we said. Uh, I was rooting for if Beale Street could talk, but uh, right. Black Clansman won by and uh, right. This another, is another the first and only Oscar. Well, the first award, sorry, the first Oscar that uh, Stan, sorry, that Spike Lee ever won in his career. That's yeah. seen a lot. But the only one he won for the night, unfortunately. But you know, when he went up, a clown. I was, I was happy for the man. Yes, Spike Lee basically cosplayed as Waluigi um, <laughs> with the purple, <laughs> with the prince thing there. Yeah, it's prince. That prince about. How come nobody made a meme of that? You know, well, yeah. somebody made one with him jumping on Sam Jackson. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that was a great moment too. I love those because, well, you know, Spike was the one who gave. Samuel Jackson's first big break, right? With uh, right, do the right thing, I believe it was, right? Yeah. So who wouldn't think how it comes all full circle now with yeah. him? And Embry Larson was the uh, you yeah. know, presented the award for uh, to uh, Spike Lee. That was that was great actually. Uh, his yeah. speech, though, I wish I could read it out, but uh, it was something to do with you know two hundred years ago, and if you know two hundred by this and. Yeah, 400 years and about slavery and sort of about his great grandmother and how he yeah. went to, well, how he ended up going to more house and then to NYU. And, you know, it's how he kind of put all that together. Like, I wish somebody could kind of write it down so I could, you know, kind of memorize it. Like, I thought it was a great idea for a speech there. Like, how it is is pretty much like destiny in a way, how he was able to come on that stage in that year yeah. for that award. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is well deserved though. I think that, you know, just Black Lives Matter was a great script, you know what I mean? Wasn't yeah, in love yeah. with the movie, you know, some people kind of consider it a masterpiece, which I'll get to in the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, well deserved, man, you know what I mean? It, it really is similar to John Peel's win last year for Best Original Screenplay with uh, with uh, Get Out, right? So I guess that's that's it, that's the trend. You know, if it, uh, you know, it's something that people will see. That's always a sign that you're not gonna win best director if you win in the best screenplay categories. Uh. Right. Speaking of best original screenplay, uh, Green Book though. I was like, <laughs> I, I, all right. Oh, I, I, I really can't say nothing for that, but okay. I, I, I I'll okay. say I'll original screenplay because of how much bullshit fiction was in our movie. So yeah, it's original screenplay. Like, like, original screenplay. Rick could have won. First Reform could have won. But Green Book too. Yeah, uh, this was the f- oh yeah, this was the first win that Green Book won for the night. Eh? So when that happened, I was like, um, okay, <laughs> okay, then moving yeah. on. <laughs> but anything you want to win on, on Green Book within that that uh, category? As I said, as I said, it is it, it deserves original because it is truly an original screenplay, as in makeup bullshit. So whatever. <laughs> for real, boy. Uh, so best supported actress. 
this was the first category that was uh, announced. Uh, yeah. You know, the release ceremony. Regina, uh, Regina Kingway, if Mew Street could yeah, talk yeah, yeah, yeah. for this. Yes, we you were both re- rooted for, for Rachel Weiss, but you, yeah, Regina you, won where I was happy for. I, right. I like this. I think I had Regina in my, in my running as well. Um, yeah, as a, as a run-up too. Um, I, I love the moment where, uh, where Chris Evans had to help right. uh, get on stage. That was really nice as well, though, but I, I really was, felt yeah, it for Regina. You know, she was crying and stuff. She yeah. tagged mom and all that kind of stuff who was in the audience yeah it was yeah. it was just a beautiful moment though so okay. yeah props Huey. to regina king her first oscar win well done man yeah huey huey and riley freeman you know yeah boy it. you know what i mean from 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 voicing huey and riley freeman to to win yeah. that i know she won an emmy before golden globe in the past but yeah first right. oscar window so yeah that's that's great uh, she was she was pretty damn good in in season two of the leftovers uh, um for me oh she was in that too okay i, did, I didn't know that yeah. I, I thought she would have guessed something for that. Um, but, you know, I didn't... That show, that girl else, not. <laughs> that whole, whole show, everything gets numb. So, um, oh, yeah. Oh, it never, it never got nominated for Emmy or... Six, 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 but they, they said all the actors won for different roles that year. Right. But, but for that, but that show didn't get nothing. Just barely get anything. Anyway, yeah. But Regina, yeah. congrats. She was, she was good. Right. Uh, best supported actor. Of course, Mahesha Ali for Green Book. He was yeah. investing about the movie. Yeah, as, as I say, it was that was a real strategic move because what they do is they trade down the character. Now he could have easily been best main. Eh? He could have easily been, you know, best lead in my opinion. Um, yeah. But it's, what they do is they trade down and give him the give him the um, the supporting now because to me he was above the role. Yeah, he was above Viggo Mortensen by far. Right, you know? but he was above he was above the supporting actor role in my opinion. Again, it was it, he was. It was like more like a cool lead kind of vibe going on. Um, yeah. So I ain't surprised with what they do with that uh, going on. I really wasn't surprised because it was a very strategic move they made there, um, getting him the supporting. Yeah, yeah. But I can't be mad because he's good at the movie, whatever. Yeah, yeah, can't be mad about that neither, right? Uh, best actress, of course, Olivia Coleman for the favorite. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Some people yeah, would take uh, Yelitsa from Roma, would have won. Uh, I would have laughed. I'd be slightly shocked, of course, if Lady Gaga won. You know what I mean? Nah, that so but, yeah, that, that would have been so bullshit. That would have laughed, eh? But Olivia Coleman, I was glad she won. Uh, yeah, how I, she was kind of like, yeah. she at all was just shocked that she won, but she was like just bubbling, not really bubbling, but just trying to get words out. And uh, just like yeah. how she was doing it and like laughing and trying not to, to cry and stuff. It was it was kind it was kind of it was it was kind of cute it was kind of cute to see on screen kind of awkward but you know what I mean she was shocked yeah. right you know so that it is what it is and she's just so British <laughs> gosh I know but I know you know talk about oh my 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 kids at home and they're probably gonna be asleep and all that kind of stuff is like of course she's gonna do of course yeah. like but um, yeah I hope that this win alone will will hopefully get people to check back her previous work like just. Actually, on yeah, the night itself, somebody put up a tweet. I think it was Edgar Wright or something. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I exactly. didn't know she was in Hot Fuzz. Though, like, really? Hot you win Hot Fuzz? Yeah, yeah. What? Okay. So, yeah, yeah I don't look back at her stuff. Uh, best actor. All right. Rami Malik, Bohemian Rhapsody. I can't argue with that. No, no. Right. I'm not too mad at this one. Yeah, um, the acceptance speech was great, actually, you know, um, you know, I, I like how he, he, he shouted out Queen and, you know, him doing Freddie Mercury justice as well, too. That was cool. Um, it was only the following morning that I learned that uh, he actually fell yeah. off stage. <laughs> I wish I you could have seen that. That would have been hilarious. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, shout to Rami for winning though. Really excited to see the final season of iRobot. I hope that it is yeah. worth the wait because we could have gotten it like, you know, late last year, but we had to wait long because the man had a man had to do the, the Bohemian stuff and win awards right. and shit, right? So it is worth um yeah, for I understand people just kind of vexed because you don't really fully properly acknowledge Queen and so and so and the way how the you already show workers Everybody saying how the movie was more to embarrass Freddie Mercury to say, well, you only kind of eat crow to come back to them. And it's more to buy big up them more than anything. Now. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. That, that, that's for the queen, the, the diehard queen fans to deliberate, right? Uh, best director, Alfonso Coran for Roma. Yeah, no, no, uh, this was the one where he was he was bigging up Mexico. I remember that now, and I love the yeah. fact that they got Guillermo del Toro to present the award for him. You know, it's like right. three amigos. Uh, well, more or less, well, because Inaritu was Inaritu wasn't there now. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, all of them have best director um, Oscars on their mantles now, so they're cool. Yeah, we 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 the big leagues now. You know what I mean? So yeah, props to Alfonso for winning, man. Uh, right. I personally, I would have loved it if Spike Lee won. Could that would have been just such a big. I, right. I, I thought I thought he was going to do that. Like he was going to give him the thing. Like again, like discourses. You kind of vibe us getting from that. Yeah. But, uh, well. but once again, like um, actually, I heard this in a YouTube video. You know, if if you, if you get if you win best screenplay, more chances are you're not going to win best director. I mean, look at Jordan right. Peele for example, right last year. Right, right. And of course, best picture. Yeah. My head, I was telling myself, like, for me, you remember, uh, we were, well, I was rooting for Roma to win, right? But uh, well, all favorite as a runner up. But I was telling myself, right. yeah, can't be going to play the politics. They'll either, give it, they'll either give it to a Stars Born, you know, every, you know, is, is that one remake that got it right? Or Green yeah. Book. And right. then Julia Roberts come and say, Green Book. Yeah. And I wasn't angry. It's only later no, on no. when it really hit me. But I was like, right. right. It's, it's, it's politics, okay. I think you the green book. Alright. Everybody okay. is watching. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think everybody is watching this watching star uh Bohemian Rhapsody kinda sweeping a little bit too now. Cause it was with enough things, so it's like wait, Bohemian Rhapsody could fucking win though, and people were like worried about that. And and then I was like, Well no, it it don't go out win this bullshit. Same thing with Black Panther, now. you know, you are thinking, you know, this movie could win, but nah, they ain't gonna give it to they can't give it to Bohemian Rhapsody. And everybody's kind of worried because Bohemian Rhapsody was winning plenty now. And then Rami yeah, Malek yeah, winning. Yeah, it, it won quite a lot, though. I think it's... Yeah. Um, they five won four, oh, four or five. I think yeah. uh, Black Panther won three now or something like that. That's right. And uh, so everybody's kind of worried. And then when Green Book won, it was like a kind of sigh of relief in a sense. But Green Book, like, I, it, I totally understand why it won. Because it's like, it's the same reason why Shape of Water won. It catered to... All liberals, as you said. Yeah. All liberals, yeah. It was a all liberal movie. You know, as the, again, the, the, the joke is, you know, the guy would have voted for Obama three times, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what it is. You know, um, it, it really feels like that. It's just, that's why I wasn't surprised at all. Once you have a movie like that in the running, not be surprised if that shit win because it really designed and tailor made for what we think is the average Oscar voter. Um, yeah. How tone deaf it is, doesn't matter how, you know, um, formulaic it is does matter and I look to be fair I think like Green, Green, Green Book have its moments eh? Green Book have its moments eh? but for me it was just saccharine nonsense I couldn't could not stand within the first 20 minutes but I get it uh, I feel sorry for Spike because next morning I read up that Spike stormed out 
of the <laughs> of the ceremony, he was pissed that it won. Um, yeah. You know, because if if you remember, um, you know, do the writing could have won yeah. Best Picture. In retrospect, it could have won, but no, right. they had to give it to to Drive in Miss Daisy, right? A movie that everyone <laughs> still remembers this day. I don't. I remember <laughs> seeing that show once on TCM, and I just forget everything about it afterwards. Okay, it was just yeah. like, but but what I would say though, just from a historical perspective, right? Back in the 80s, stuff like, you know, driving is easy and do the writing, I understand, right? Given the, you know, racial stuff that was going on. You know, with Reaganomics and the war on drugs and all that kind of stuff and how black people were looking at white people and vice versa, right? So I get that then. But in 2019, Dred, when you had to kind of remind people in a pro-Trump America, oh, we could all get along, man, and let me just show you the 60s scenario, you know, where... Yeah, I how did. hard it was for black people. It's kind of like, it really? just feels so dated now. I mean, yeah, yes, there's a lot of heart that went into the movie. I get that. But it just feels so dated. This is shit that they could have made back in the 80s or early 90s, when 2019, bro. Come on. Yeah, well, all the bros, all the bros, as they say. We don't, we yeah. don't talk about it. Yeah, we, we talked about it with our reviews of, of the show, right? So right. I don't blame spike at all for being angry right um also uh i should mention also with trump kind of speaking out against spike there you know talk about oh you, you try to throw shade at me and look at what i do you know compared to other presidents <laughs> you know what i mean i was like really no, really fuck you Move on. but yeah with, with green book winning um it's only the morning afterwards where people just really started to share their disgust about it winning uh, like you know, mm-hmm. this is one of the worst best picture winners and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, they make comparison to Crash, crash remember? Yeah. But that one movie that people still remember to this day, Crash. Everybody, yeah. people don't remember Crash. Come on, right? Yeah, yeah but um, they'll make any comparison with Crash, you know, you know what I mean? Um, and yes, in the in the speech, you know, they were saying, well, Vigo Mortensen was the one who kind of put things together. Okay, you're so passionate about the story. You know what? Props him, right? But still, um, there were better movies in this category. You know what I mean? There was just so much better category, um, you know, nominees there. I would have been happy if Black Klansman won. That would have said so much yeah, about the know. political landscape. That would have yeah. real sure. ruffled feathers. But yeah, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I, even on Facebook, I know a couple of people will say that, you know, Black Klansman is a masterpiece though. So yeah. it was kind of funny how people kind of like looking back at the movie and seeing it's one of his best works, you know, mainly because right. it lost to Green Book. I, I, I don't okay, think so, but I think that if I watch it again, I may think so, but it'll take time for me to really regard Black Landsman as a true masterpiece, in my opinion. Right. I, I saw in the camp plot say that the writer and um, Bean Street should have been there. Instead yeah, of, they, they could have been nominated, man, at least for Best Director, too. Right. For best yeah, Director, Matthew. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but really and truly, let's be real. Roma is the is the best out of all of them. Is the best mean, best story, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I had a I made a joke while I also tweeted this as well. You know, I wish one of the producers of Green Book would have said, "No, wait, actually, Roma, you won." You know what I mean? That would have yeah. been funny. You know what I mean? But yeah. hey, Green Book won. People will be salty about this all week. But you know, <laughs> I just I just I just like um uh driving is easy. I imagine next few years or so, also, people will forget this movie. People will yeah. forget this movie even exists. Right? People are like, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, best picture winners, yeah, this is what it was. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. It, it, it has happened before. Look at shit like ordinary people. Like, anybody remember that shit? 
People remember yeah. Raging Bull. That could have won. But ordinary people won, right? So, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it, it is what it is. Yes. Um, but Green Book win. <sighs> That's all I had to say. I, I just kind of sighed at it. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't yeah. too disappointed, but I kind of knew that they would have played safe there. I think that's the last thing I'll say. I think this was the safest bet to, to make now. Everything else, especially like if Vice won, for example, yeah, people would have speak out against it. But, you know, let's give it to the saccharine sweet green book, you know, which shows that African Americans and Italian Americans could get along, right? Yay! Uh, any last words you want to say about um, the awards in general? You know the appointments yeah, and whatnot. Again, nothing. Nothing was too surprising. Again, the only thing that genuinely pissed me off was the editing thing. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, boy. Uh, Even Rhapsody, Jed. Yeah, that's it. Like, like, I don't know if I should watch over that movie and really, really study it and ask myself, how does he win best editing, Jed? Yeah, that foolishness. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't really talk about that. Again, nothing was that surprising. All the little shitty things happen, happen. All the good things happen. You know, it played itself out. Whoever, small thing. Um, again, I, I, you know, I, well, I you know I hated Green Book myself, but that is about it. I, is, I expected it, so it's like I'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's the Oscars. It's Taylor Mead for the Oscars. So, I guess exactly. it was, it was, it was kind of obvious. It would have won. It would have won, right? Yeah, so, yeah, whatever. Exactly. No surprises there. Whatever. I I want I wanted movies like I wanted movies like First Reformed and and the Rider get more recognition. I think that was about it. It just you know Rider was so well done in my opinion. And yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, uh, but last thing I'll yeah. say though is that I am glad that if Beale Street could could um could talk at least one uh won an award. You know what I mean? So right. you know props to that. But yeah, like I said before, all the Best Picture nominees won something, you know, even though Vice win something, you know, uh, won Best Makeup and Hairstyling, but it is well-deserved, right? Even though it's a category that I really don't give a shit about, but it is what it is, right? right. But yeah, yeah, I hope everybody happy. I know Spike Lee take it hard, but dog, mm. um, I guess in retrospect, people will regard your film as a masterpiece, but hey, Green Book win, so let's move on right. with life, right? Yeah. All right, so with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm Pasat, R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. That is at R-M-E-D on Twitter. And then type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you'll find me there. All right, you can also find me on Twitter as well. Just look for Legally Black MJB, MJB, I capital letters. You can also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Machibili, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast as well as the others that we've done over the past few years, including retrospect reviews. Uh, stuff to look forward to and uh, this will be after carnival which will be the weekend anytime this recording here uh captain marvel we're getting this uh ash wednesday i will not yeah. be watching this ash wednesday i'll probably go watch it the following saturday and then you can expect okay. a review of that uh right. the umbrella academy i did not get around to watching that because of true detective so i made yeah. the effort to check that out the umbrella academy the other the umbrella academy could hopefully set an interesting precedent for netflix um because since the early Marvel stuff now is off, they could start doing more like alternative comics now, now in my opinion. They could do yeah. more alternative graphic novels and comics, especially image comics. They have a lot of a ton of great image comics to do that you could yeah. do. Um, yeah, and no stories that nobody ever hear about and you could just do. Um, so you yeah. don't need to have Marvel brand necessarily. And Netflix could pivot and, and make this work. Yeah. Uh we well, this last thing's last, so we didn't mention 
um, you know, well, Jessica Jones, well, the last season coming out this year, and that will be it. And no renewal for the Punisher. Right. I mean, it, it, it was it was it was a long time coming. Like we we saw this, it was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny that um, Eminem would speak out against Netflix canceling uh, the Punisher. Uh, but yeah, it it just seems like this Netflix just don't know what to do with these shows. So it's just like whatever, we cast it, right? We had a great we had a great season of of the end of last year, but I'm uh, sorry, that's not enough. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it is what it is, yes? So, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever you listen This was Machibelian. Ricardo Medino. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears Beats and Bailey. So, until the next one, take care. Peace.